Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Royal Islamic Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie, and joining me as always is Patrick Meehan. Pat, um, it's been a, like, well, like three weeks since we've done a podcast. Um, uh, a lot of things have been going on, you know, scheduling, the FIFA break, but how are you doing? How is, you know, how's life in, in South Beach? How, how's, just, how's just everything? Hey, um, yeah, lots been going on. Um, I guess everything in general, fine. Doing some cool stuff and uh, just trying to to keep going and keep working and keep uh, keep it up. I guess. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. apart from that, all good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a couple of weeks. Um, I think the last time we did this was after the Clásico Regio. Um, then I got sick. I got the flu for two weeks, and I was literally, you know, like I'll be honest. I'm a big. I don't know how you are when you're sick, Pat, but I turn into a complete baby. Like I, I do not want to move from my bed. I do not want to do anything. I literally like got Instacart just so they can deliver me stuff from from CVS and and like my my market here. So I was like, I, I don't want to walk five minutes just to get what I need. And just you know, have someone deliver it. But um. Glad yeah. to be back. We're glad. Yeah, it's it's been a while, so we're, we're glad to be back. Um, lots to talk about. Let's um, let's start off with the game against Puebla, um, and, and and just going back a little bit to the to the game against Querétaro. The these two are matches that they should win, and that they won. But you know, heading into those two matches, I was a little not skeptical, but. I was saying one-one draw just because I don't know they, they've they you know they, they've dropped points against teams that they should be beating, um, but you know against Querétaro they they got a last-second goal from Stefan Medina walked away with with three points on the road, and then against Puebla they walked away with a three-one win, three points um, heading into uh, Wednesday's first leg of the Copa Mekis. But let's let's break down the game against Puebla. Um, let me just go with the lineup first. I'll, I'll, I'll throw out all the statistics and, and the lineups, just key statistics and the lineup, uh, and then I'll let you take. Uh, yeah, I'll let you take whatever you know direction you want to take this conversation in. But in goal, you had Hugo Gonzalez in the back line. You had Jesus Gallardo at left back, Cesar Montes and Nico Sanchez as the central defenders. And due to uh, Stefan Medina's injury, that we'll get into in a little bit, you had Edson Gutierrez starting at right back in the midfield. You had you had um. Uh, Miguel Layun, uh, Ponchito Gonzalez, uh, Matias Granoviter, Maximiliano Mesa, and up front you had Aquiloba, uh, Rogelio Funes Mori. Uh, just key statistics uh, from the team uh, Monterrey had 15 total shots on target, Puebla had 16. Ball possession, all I should have gone with ball possession. Ball possession was uh, in favor of Puebla with 55%, uh, while Monterrey had 45%. Shots on target. Monterrey had six, Puebla had five. Shots off target, Monterrey had six, Puebla had five. Uh, and block shots, uh, Monterrey had three, and Puebla had six. Um, and as I guess the last one I'll, I'll, put, I'll throw in there is uh, big chances. Uh, Monterrey had three, Puebla had one. Uh, Pat, I'll let you take. Uh, I'll let you take whatever or however you want to. You know, whatever you, that whatever stood out to you in the game. Uh, whatever direction you want to take this conversation in, but what, what um, you know, when you go back or if you when you're watching the game, what what stood out to you? Um, 
I think one of the big things that stood out to me, at least in those in that first half, obviously when the when the goals were coming in, was that, that the goals were actually going in, because opportunities have never been that much of a problem, at least not the typical problem. The problem is always, you know, just put it in the back of the net. Um, so I think that's the first thing I kind of noticed, or not noticed, but you know, saw saw a positive in. And then good performances from players that maybe were struggling, uh, which is also good. So, like you said, it's some of the matches that we should obviously be winning. And apart from winning them, it's a good it's good times to kind of get good sensations out of players. What I hate, what I absolutely hate is that every time we do good, like we, we, we just can't do good and that's it. Somebody has to get sent off. Somebody has to get injured. Like Akeloa, Ponchito, like, come on, let's just have it. I just want to. Yeah, just have a game where, where yeah. nothing happens. Nothing bad happens. It's just clear, good win. Nobody's injured. Nobody gets a red card. We have everybody for the next week. Um, but obviously, that's not the case. And we'll, we'll talk about the injuries in a little bit. But let's let's break down the let's break down the goals first, and then we'll go individual wise. Who stood out to you, et cetera, et cetera. But the first goal, Nico Sanchez penalty kick. What did you make of it? Yeah, well, I, with with Akilova seeing it right, the the that foul. I think that think was great. That first sense. I mean, did you, I think I think did you, you saw some people pushing back. I, I don't know if it was Puebla supporters or, or the Mexican media. I know there was. I seen some tweets pushing back. But what did you make of it? Yeah, I saw that 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 Akilova kind of fouled the goalkeeper before, but I didn't see it really. I I did see a clear penalty. Um, so I think that was a good call. Um. And then good for Nico Sanchez to bring back, you know, good good moments for 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 Monterrey fans. Although later he he had a mistake again, but uh, I mean good for Akeloba and that like they said that penalty, forcing that penalty right in the beginning of the game is a great way to get it started. And then Akeloba um, gets this, you know, gets continues his scoring touch, uh, scores off of uh, a cross from Jesus Gallardo, who. Um, during this FIFA break, was playing for Mexico, and he was one of the more impressive players. So it's good to see him carry, you know, that good form that he had with the Mexican national team. Because I know a lot of uh, Monterrey supporters on Twitter, they were saying, "Where is this? You know, wh- where is this? You know, has this guy Ardo been all all season? Because uh, as soon as he, he put up, he put on the Me- the Mexico, you know, jersey, he he was a Jesus Gallardo of old. So some are speculating, you know, if it's manager if it's just playing for the national team that you know gives him that extra juice um but yeah he, he good, good good cross good play and, and Akilova find it you know puts it in the back of the net but what did you make of that goal uh good goal i think um Akilova did did what he needed to do as a as a forward you know like we were saying so we were creating opportunities we just weren't putting putting them in the back of the net so that was a good clear-cut opportunity that ends up in the back of the net. I mean, that's absolutely what we needed. Um, good for him. Good for his confidence. He's been kind of the one of the best strikers for us this season. Obviously not. I mean, we can debate it, but, you know, scoring goals, something that Funes Money may be struggling in, although we know he he, he does. And he, he gives us more in other departments. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, good for Akelova. And good for 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 you know f- for his confidence for the upcoming games like that. This 
you know, well, it was going to be good, but he got injured. We'll talk about yeah. it as well. But I mean, I guess whenever he comes back, he'll he'll still be confident. Ah, uh, and then you know, speaking of Rogelio Funes Mori, takes a takes a really good pass from Ponchito Gonzalez, makes the the first defender and the goalkeeper. You know, he 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 cuts, and both the goalkeeper and the defender collide, wiping each other out. Leaves an open net for for Funes Mori. Obviously, he's been struggling putting you know putting the ball in the back of the net, uh, but you know sometimes you just need a wide open net to to end your scoring drought, and he did that. He it was one of you know added to the list of beautiful goals you know that 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 he scored in a in a Monterrey jersey. But uh, what did you make of uh, that 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 goal by um, Funes Mori? Yeah, we just needed one for him. I think uh, I remember before that goal, we were seeing some some uh, criticism against Funes Mori because of uh, I think it was a miss or just a bad pass. Or I don't remember, but uh, there was start. Yeah, it wasn't the first half. He, yeah. he kind of shanked it. You know, kind of shanked. It. Uh, I think it was from Maxi Massa the pass. Um, and and yeah, he kind of shanked. It. I think I'm not sure if he tripped on himself or he just slipped. But yeah, he kind of he shanked it. Yeah, so um, you know, normal Funes Mori, although great to see him back in the score sheet um, and a good goal. I think. I mean, although it's you know just pushing it, he had to do that little little. He had to bring the ball back, to, uh, get the get the goalkeeper out of the way, and then just push it into the back of the net. So it's not a bad goal, but um, it's good for him to get back in the score sheet. Obviously, coming from a drought. Uh, whenever you finish that drought, you always get a a big a big um, moral and, and and just energetic push for the upcoming game. So it's good to to have him do that, especially in in the last or some of the last games of the season. So whenever the playoffs come around, he'll probably or hopefully you know uh, be be scoring more goals. Uh yeah, and and. It was first rule offside. Var, you know, var, the referee went to VAR, saw that that Funes Mori was actually onside. You know, one of the few times that he he does that. But um, what did you? What do you think this this is going to open up the floodgates for him? You know, in the goal scoring department. I think so. I think so. I I think he's a guy like that. Like he just has drafts and then he just can't stop scoring. So I really do think it will. Oh um. There's a compli- there's a few complicated games coming up, but uh, I don't know. Lately, in the complicated games and the in the important games, he's been he's been stepping up. So I I do trust he will, and I do trust he'll be scoring goals when Le- when La Liguilla comes around. Uh, but not like I don't like I'm not super confident, but I do think he's gonna get there if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I I think he will. I think he'll he'll start scoring consistently now. Um, you just need one as a striker. You just need the ball to go in. You know, you just need to see it go in once, and hopefully that I mean helps. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. He, he, I mean, Cholos aren't that very good defensively, and then you have Mazatlan. So you have two opponents that he could take advantage of. Uh, but let's yeah, talk about yeah, players sure. individually that stood out to you. Let's begin with Ponchito Gonzalez. He obviously got injured left, but before that, and 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 this goes back to the game against Querétaro. He he's 
you know, in these two games, he's been really good. Uh, but what did, what did you make of his performance against um uh, against Puebla? Yeah, he's been good. Um, um, I think it was an overall good performance. I think that's the kind of player that we obviously tried to get from a while ago, and 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 some some way somehow he just does it once every like six months. He just has a good game. And we've said it before as well in this podcast. Uh, he's a guy that performs well when the rival is not the you know the greatest rival in the world, and and that's fine. You know, it's good to have those type of rotation players because when it's a complicated rival and he comes in as a sub at the 70th minute, he really doesn't do much. But when he's from the start against uh, you know a lower rival, he always does a good job. So that's good for him, and it's good for the team. He obviously brings a lot to the table and then when you have the luxury of having him on the pitch and then at the 70th minute sub in Sol Sortiz, I mean, you're perfect. That's what you want to see. Uh, so I think he's he's just like a rotation player all around. It just confirms it, you know, what we've been saying before where where we do think he just works better in the lower games where where there's not much pressure, not, not much pressure on him and, and he can just play his game. Um, so there's, I saw somebody, uh, I don't know, I forgot which Twitter account, uh, posted, do you go with Ponchito or do you go with Charlie? <laughs> I think, yeah, I saw that tweet. And now that you mentioned it, I saw that tweet where it's something where you got a boat or something like that. No, I mean, I have to go with Charlie. It just depends on the game. Like I said, or we've said before Charlie, and we all know Charlie hasn't been great in this last, or in this season, in this tw- in this year. Because, 20, yeah. 2020 yeah. has not been the Charlie of 2019. So, I do think you still go with Charlie. I think he ends up doing more on the pitch, more work. You know, Ponchito Gonzalez is probably a guy that can do better offensively, can go better offensively and create chances, even though he's been really good behind the midfield and and. and actually recovering balls and starting plays instead of finishing them. I think he's been doing, he did that well. But you got to go with Charlie. I mean, like I said, Ponchito is a guy that can play against the lower teams and maybe in the more difficult games, he won't do much. And then coming in as a sub, he also doesn't do much. And I don't think Charlie is also one a player that if you have him on the bench, he won't bring you like too much to the table other than maybe if you want to close the game out, you put Charlie in, you control the midfield and, and, and kind of close out the match. So I think I do go with Charlie, but I, I can see why some people prefer the, the other one. Yeah, I, I think the... And then I think Mohamed spoke after the game. He said that um, with Ponchito, it was more of a precaution, you know, to take him out. Like, he, he did get injured, but oh, okay. he didn't... Like, I have, I, have, I should have bookmarked that, that tweet. Um that and I think it was Felipe Galindo who tweeted that out. Um, I think I'm not too sure, but I think he, he, if I remember correctly, he said that that it was more of a precaution. And but still, you, I don't, you know, you never know with muscle injuries. You, you think a player is fine, and then ten minutes into the game, fifteen minutes into the game, he pulls it again. So um, I think. I would link Charlie just because maybe he's a bit more fresher and healthier. He might, he might not be that healthy, but he, he might be a bit more fresher. But if both were healthy, man, I am, 
I'm a bit tempted. I don't know. Maybe it's again, um, just just what I what I've seen recently. I am tempted to go with Ponchito Gonzalez because, I mean, he scored. Think yeah, he scored the goal against Querétaro. Helped set up the third goal um, for Monterrey, and I don't know. I, I'm I'm just riding the hot hand and see what happens. And and I don't know. I I think some. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I think Charlie needs like a message sent to him to say, "Hey, we value you as a as a player, but you you can be benched. You know, if you're not if you're not on your game." And I think he kind of needs to understand it. I know a lot of people are taking or are pointing at his personal life as maybe the reason why he isn't playing that well. I, I'm I'm not gonna go that. I'm not gonna get into that. That's just his personal life, but. Um, I'm tempted. I would be tempted to go with Ponchito if both are healthy. Um, another player. It. No, go it. ahead, Pat. No, the, I, I, I do, I do kind of get that, and I do think it's good to have players like riding the, uh, who are hot right now, and 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 try to keep. By the way, I, I, I saw the, um, the news you were talking about Ponchito, and yeah, apparently uh, Turco just said it was just more of a, um. Not even precaution, just that Ponchito was tired and he subbed them out, so he'll be fine for the for the final of the Copa MX. Uh huh. Um, another player that kind of stood out, uh, obviously Jesus Gallardo. I kind of mentioned this already. He 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 didn't look all that good before the you know the FIFA international break, but he played two quality games for Mexico. And I, some people were saying, you know, he was one of the, the best players yeah, um, for Mexico. Uh, and then, th- again, that's when I said that people were wondering, where, well, this, where was this, you know, um, Gallardo at? Because, obviously, we've been... I, I think ever since uh, his COVID diagnosis, he's kind of been meh. And we expect a lot more out of him. So it was good to see him, you know, find his form again, look like the Jesus Gallardo of old. Maybe he just needed that. I don't know. I don't know what he needed. Maybe he needed a break from Monterrey or whatever, but he's, he looked good. Um, Akiloba, obviously the injury doesn't help, but he's he, he's scoring goals. I, like, I, I get some people's criticism. He can sometimes his, his, you know, his judgment isn't always the best. And sometimes I, I, I look at him and he looks awkward dribbling the ball, but he's a young player. I mean, he's, 20, what, 21, 20, 21 years old? All that's going to come with experience. I don't know if he's going to be the best of dribblers. Uh, maybe that improves, but but so far he's, he's, putting, he's putting them in the back of the net. And, I mean, if both were healthy right now, he'd be the second go- uh, striker behind, or, you know, behind Funes Mori and not Vincent Jansen. Um, anything else that you wanted to take out of this game before? Or you know what, Pat? Sorry. What did you make of Puebla? Because maybe it's just me, but I found them to play a little bit dirty. I don't know if that's the way they play. I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say I watch a lot of Puebla games, but I don't know. I I, I found them to be because they were they were they were doing a lot of fouls and and there was one you know that the ref was I guess biting his tongue, biting his his car, or just you know not. I mean, there was the Vincent Janssen one where he gets he gets you know whacked. It wasn't he like the ball. He would, the, the the player wasn't even defending the ball. He 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 just whacked Janssen just to stop him. Um, and then there was the incident with Cesar Montes. 
Uh, I don't know. I think there's there were some other more incidents. What the one with Layun? Um, but what did you oh, make right. of Puebla? Because I I found them to be a bit. I don't want to say dirty, but I am tempted to say dirty because, I mean, you see this, you see this, you see this type of play in South, you know, South American leagues where the team knows that they don't have the talent, so they're gonna try to muck up, you know, they're gonna try to push the limit on what they can do to try to throw off the superior team off their game. Uh, but what did what did you make of Puebla? Because I found them to be a bit dirty. Uh yeah. Uh, like you were saying, maybe sometimes that's a little bit of a tactic to kind of not let the superior team, in this case, Rayados, kind of build their game and be able to to flow, you know, the, the whole game. Instead, you cut advances, you cut attacks, and you cut things off so, so they get frustrated and they kind of not forget but lose their step on what they're trying to do, Rayados. So it's it's obviously a tactic. Like you said... I'm not sure if that's something that they normally do, that they always do, but at least against Monterrey, we saw that they did it. Uh, they were dirty, at least against Monterrey, we'll put it that way. And it's a tactic. I mean, and if it and if it's legal, although obviously you get yellow carded or red carded when when it's too much, but uh, I mean it, it's legal and it's a good way to do it. And and I get it, I get it because you're trying to frustrate the other team of 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 for them to not do anything uh or not be able to to be um consistent on what they're trying to do and they fell behind early i mean like the 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 nico penalty came like what less than it was under 10 minutes for sure i'm i'm tempted to say under five minutes the penalty yeah oh it came really early in the game like really the the penalty was in the fifth minute yeah but but remember remember so since they checked at in var they, the penalty was given at until the fourth minute, but the foul itself was in the first one and thirty seconds or something. Like yeah, that. it was really quick. Like, okay, and, and I think that's what might have influenced their game plan because you're already down one nothing. Yeah, that's the game's not even ten minutes old, so you kind of have to try to throw them off the game or off their game. In this case, you know, Monterrey, uh, as Puebla tried to see if they can score a goal. Which they eventually did, but it it, it, being, it ended up being you know too little, too late, uh, and and Monterrey was able to come away to win. Also, just just a quick play, just to to, to echo. I mean, I, I know a lot of people like myself are, are are waiting for the Liga to make you know our final judgment on Hugo Gonzalez, but he had a really good save towards the end of the game, where it kind of looked like Puebla was starting to develop some type of attack after that. You know, after they scored their first goal. And and Gonzalez stopped. You know, uh, it was a really good save. It it it, it was quick reaction, uh, and and he was able to to stop it. Um, anything else that you wanted to add from this game, Pat? Uh, no, good sensations to start finishing the season off and before a cup final. Apart from that, nothing else. Uh, also, shout out to Rodolfo Landeros, who was calling the game with Mariano Trujillo, uh, in English. For FS2, which is for those who don't live in the United States, it's Fox Sports 2, uh, you know, the second channel to Fox Sports 1, which has the Monterrey home games in English. It's usually, uh, I don't know the first announcer, but I know it's usually Kobe Jones, you know, former. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I forget. I think I know who, who does the announcing, but I don't want to say it because I don't want to get it wrong. 
think it's, I know who it is. Name, but his name is, yeah, his name is Adrian. I, I have it at the top of my head, but I don't know if it's like, it's never, it's just because like on the English side, they never show their faces. It's just like, I can, I can, like, I can recognize Kobe Jones's voice just because, you know, I've seen him do, you know, like Champions League coverage when Fox had it. I think he was with ESPN in the past. So it's like, I, I can recognize his voice. Uh, the, the the guy who joins him on like you know as the announcer, I I think I know who it is, but I don't want to say it just because I might get it wrong. Um, but yeah, you know if, if if you live in the U.S., uh, Fox Sports One. It's usually on Fox Sports One. It, um, this week it just got everything got bumped because of the baseball. Um, so so that that's why the game. Um, if you live in the U.S. again, uh, was on ESPN Deportes. I I don't know. I, like we talk about this a little bit, Pat. I I. I didn't like ESPN Deportes announcing team that much. Like, I don't know. First, I I, I gave it ten minutes. I I, maybe it's just because I'm used to um, uh, I'm used to like the Fox Deportes coverage. You usually gets you know usually get everybody's animated, everybody's you know upbeat, and I don't know. I just didn't get that from 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 the ESPN Deportes coverage, and then I. I, I I was like then then I saw you post you know the the Fox Sports coverage I know you told me you just went there to get some screenshots because ESPN um, doesn't allow you to screenshot or screen record anything uh, so I went to to Fox Sports too didn't know I didn't at the first I didn't know it was Rodolfo Landeros until I saw his Twitter account and he made it known that he was going to cover the game in English and you know I just tweeted out that hey if you live in the U.S want to watch it in English. Um, you know, Mariano Trujillo and Rodolfo Landeros are, are you know, covered. And, and obviously, you know, I, I didn't ask for a shout-out or anything. I just, you know, people wanted an alternative. You know, there's the alternative. And then he, he sent us a shout-out during the match. Didn't expect that. That was really cool. But, um, but what did you make of the coverage? Because it was like, I didn't know last until, like, maybe the day of the game that, um, you know, it was going to be on ESPN Deportes. Um, yeah, obviously, when when a network is in the day to day, you know, following the the teams they cover day to day, and it's always going to be better. You know, they they get the knowledge, they talk with the team, they talk with the players, and and it's a team they watch week in and week out, so they know exactly where they're coming from from last week. They know exactly who plays in that in whatever position, and when it's a network that just gets the rights for a game, or, or or you know one of the, or even when we see Rayados in other networks, you know when they're two day in a in an away match, obviously when they're you know with any other network, we always see that same the same yeah. the same things. It's just the, the 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 broadcasters don't follow them every week, so they kind of just generalize what yeah, they say. I, like, well, oh, but but they're not, like. Uh, no, Nico Sanchez is one of the best defenders in the league. Well, but have you seen him this season? You know, <laughs> uh, they, yeah. that's what that's the type of that's the type of coverage they do when it's when it's like that. Yeah, uh, obviously because you know the Dodgers and the Braves are playing that game, so obviously Fox Deportes prioritize that. Um, and so what I what I think happened is either Fox Deportes or Monterrey or both said, you know what, we, we can't broadcast this game. Let's sell the rights to this. And I'm guessing ESPN Deportes had an empty slot for that time. And they took it up. I think through the end, it might have had a game 
uh, during that time slot. So that's why maybe they didn't pick it up and it went to ESPN Deportes. It's all about like it gets in, you get you get into like the the nuts and bolts of like broadcasting broadcasting rights and whatever. But but yeah, that's I think that's the reason why I was on ESPN Deportes this week, even though it was a home game uh, for Monterrey and all their home games uh, are usually on Fox Deportes. Um, but yeah, Pat, uh, if that's it, um, let's let's transition over to um, Turco Mohamed on Friday. I think it was Friday or Thursday or Friday, one of the two. Uh, he did an interview with I. I saw I, I. don't know who he did it with because I got the the quotes from Zona uh, Zona Rayada. Uh, I think it was Cancha that he did the interview with. Yeah, um, with Cancha. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to say I did. I didn't know that. I was I was not sure. It was I knew I, I. I think it was Cancha, but I wasn't too sure. But but he did it with Cancha. Uh, a couple quotes that kind of caught my eye that I bookmarked and I, I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit with you uh, this week. Um, the first, um, it was regarding Nico Sanchez's status in the starting 11. Uh, and I quote, this is from, from Mohamed. Nico ha tenido errores individuales y ciertas actuaciones. Es un líder. En el vestidor, yo hablé con él y le dije, a pesar que de los errores, no le iba a sacar. Translation, he's talked with Nico, not going to take him out despite, you know, some of the defensive mistakes. Um, obviously, Nico had a good game against Puebla scoring a goal, but he, he, had a, he had a defensive mistake that led to Puebla's first goal. What, did, what do you make of, these, of this quote, Pat? Are you, I know a lot of people were, were not happy. Um, I, I don't like guaranteeing people, you know, starting spots, this, even if they're playing poorly, I, I would give them maybe a game or two to try to figure it out. Then you really can't guarantee anything just because, I mean, your managers can be replaced and, you, you know, you're, eventually you're, you'll be coaching for your job. Uh, but what did you make of this quote from, from Mohammed? Um, yeah, like you said, I kind of go with the same line as you do. Um, I don't like the guarantees, especially <laughs> in public, because people, that w it always comes by to bite you. Obviously, situations change and context change, but you said this in public, so people are just going to remember that, even though maybe in private you, you told them something else or whatever. So I don't like that. Um, I like that he spoke. I guess in general, you know, it's good to see. Yeah, I wasn't something. expecting that interview. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if it was planned, but then I seen people like tweet out um, video clips and then you know all these quotes. Yeah, I I I'm with you because the only the only place or the only time we've um, listened to Mohamed this season was is in the post press conferences where we hate him. <laughs> he just says the same thing over and over again. Uh, let's, um, here's another quote that kind of, you know, stood out to me, um, pretty much said that Monterrey was going to win the league. Um, I'm not a big fan of those type of, you know, talks just because, you know, you can end up on old takes exposed 
and I don't want that or whatever the Spanish version of old takes exposed. Yeah, there's not one. So it, I've always wanted to create a, an account <laughs> like that because I love doing that. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, what did you make of that quote, Pat, when when you saw it? Um, yeah, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of saying stuff like this just because I'm more of a cautious person. I don't I don't like being, you know, I don't want my old guarantees or old proclamations to come you know come back and bite me in the ass but what did you make of this of this uh, you know this this quote exactly that as well um and all takes exposed <laughs> it's never good to say something in public that that can get that can because the, the fans and the public won't ever like say ah oh, but things change no they just want to mess with you they just want to ridicule you online and that's what yeah. he's gonna get. But yeah, this is this is why I was like, does nobody in media or, or not 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 the media relations, but public relations, um, or media channel? Like I, I don't I don't know the Spanish title for public relations or or media relations, but somebody should have said, don't say those type of things because they're you're gonna they're gonna clickbait you, or when it doesn't happen. They'll drag it back out and they'll play it, or or they'll they'll quote tweet it and and use that as a, a way to try to garner like interactions or whatever on, on social media. But yeah, I'm not. I was not a big fan of that quote. Um, the last one that stood out to me, um, he said, and I quote, "Si yo estoy C, si, comma, I should be, there should be a comma. Si yo estoy contento y cómodo en el club." Uh, Another comma, me voy a, a quedar. So pretty much, translation, he's comfortable, doesn't, you know, doesn't feel the pressure from the fan base or, or maybe ignores it, but it sounds like a man that is going to stick around for for a bit. Um, I, I, they're winning right now, so so I'm not, I'm not too upset with the quote, but Things can obviously change if, if you know, they, they, they drop points like against Mazatlan um, and then stumble in the Liga. I think Monterrey should make the Liga uh, at this point. Uh, but I think those two dropping points against teams that they shouldn't be dropping points against and then obviously having a bad outing in the Liga should, should fire up the hot seat again. But it does sound like a man that... And I want I want to know the context or how he said it, like the style and the manner he said it. I, I didn't catch the interview. Um, just that would add some context to, to my opinion. But still, I don't. Just sounds it just sounds way too comfortable to me for a man who um, has had a bad 2020. But we'll see what happens. Obviously, that can all change. Um, but what what did you make of this quote? Yeah. Um... I, I mean, the man has confidence in himself, and we know that. And he likes to sometimes go big, or he always—I mean, he's—he knows the squad he has. He knows the potential the squad has, and he knows it's a squad that can win a championship. So you can say that, but just saying like, "Hey, we're winning a championship"—that's a little bit ambitious after the year you've had. But uh, as a supporter, as a supporter, it's—it's it's good to hear that. It's good to hear that the squad thinks that and they're trying to work for that and because obviously whether you like the coach or you like a player or don't like players or don't like the coach you still want the team to succeed yeah 
So as a supporter, it's nice to see that. And obviously, if they end up winning the title, everybody will be happy. Everybody will love him. Um, but just looking at the reality of it and kind of analyzing with a fan, you know, my fan self-interrupting, I guess. Um, well, I, I don't know. Even if he does win the title, it's, I don't know. Because if it's two titles in a row, it's like, okay, we can. I, I'll take the losing and playing bad for a whole season <laughs> if I can change it for a title. Yeah, of course, I win to win titles. But it's frustrating. It's absolutely frustrating. Yeah, especially when you've seen, like, in his first... It's the opposite of his of his first stint. Like, they, they play so great. They'll, exactly. they'll beat up even, like, the you know, they'll beat up the weakest opponents 4-1. They'll beat up America, that style. But then when the pressure comes, whether it was against Pachuca or Tigres, ugh, they fell apart and, and shit happened. Uh, so it's the opposite. They, they'll, they'll play ugly. They'll score goals. But it's not a style, it's not a style that when you invest a ton of money in, uh, is going to attract like neutral fans that, that want to kind of, you know, that are going to want to watch it. Uh, but then when the Liga comes, they the the light switch goes on goes on and they, they end up winning it. Um, I just want I would like to have the you know the the best of both worlds, play really good football, and win titles. Um, but we'll see. I I, I I I just want the Directiva and Mohamed to be together to 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 be in sync when it comes to the decisions on who they want to bring in, who they need to replace, because obviously Akilova, we all know, wasn't his choice, but he plays the kid, and so far he's doing well. Um, but still, um, you know, what is it? What, what's that saying? Uh, a blind squirrel eventually finds a nut or something like that. I would like for them to be more in sync if he's the coach going forward. On player personnel, make make sure you're bringing in a player that Mohammed wants, that he knows how to use, uh, and and stuff like that. But we'll we'll get into that into the when, when it comes you know when Monterrey season comes to an end. But stuff like that, you know, I hope I hope um, happens. Uh, but anything else, um, Pat, um, when it comes to Mohammed's uh, interview that he did with Gancha? No, I think we touched on the big points. I mean, other stuff was really. Um kind of specific and all that. So I think we touched on the big the big uh the big point of that interview. Nothing else from from my part. Yeah, those were like the main ones that were kind of drawing interactions from various people on Twitter. Uh but uh let's let's close out like the last 10 10 15 minutes of this podcast just going through some quick uh rapid fire topics. Let's let's talk about the injuries. Obviously we already talked about uh Ponchito uh, his situation was more precaution. Doesn't look like it's anything serious, so I don't think he's going to be on like the injury report that they that they put out. Uh, Charlie Rodriguez today was activated. He's available for the Copa Mekis final against Tijuana on Wednesday. Uh, but then there's other players who are still going to need some time today. We found out that, or Monterrey tweeted out that. Stefan Medina will be out three to four weeks with his with the, I think a muscle injury in his right leg. I don't they didn't say anything specific specific, but it's just a muscle injury. Um, let's begin there. What 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 do you make of you know Stefan Medina not being in the 
you know, at right back for Monterrey? Well, it's obviously a big loss. We all know what he brings to the table. Um, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I want to be positive because of this last game we just saw against Puebla. But obviously things change when it's a bigger rival. It's a big loss. It's a big loss for a position that we, that we you know, struggle with. And with Stefan, everything is a little simpler in that position. So, I mean, like, if you go and look at all of the field, a lot of, in all of the positions, the biggest drop in talent, I guess, is that right back. Like, yeah. if Stefan Mayen is not there, that, that's a big call. If, you know, if Charlie's in there, I don't know, you have Ponchito in this case. If, if Kranevitar's in there, it's also. If Funes Mori's in there, it's Jansen. Like, the talent is similar. And yeah, like you said, it's not it's not a big drop off. Center back, somebody gets hurt, you can bring in, um, or you can move Sebastian Vegas inside, uh, and then put Gallardo at left back. Uh, and, and like you said, it's just a lot of these positions really not a big drop off, even goalkeeper. Um, but but you're right. I didn't even think about that. But right back, Edson Gutierrez. I mean, this is up, his opportunity to show that he's more than capable of playing significant matches for Monterrey because um, I think, and you tweeted this out, Pat, um, they, have to, uh, they have a decision on to make with Stefan Medina. And I, I know we can get this into a later podcast, uh, you know, when we wrap up the season. But eventually they're going to have to replace him because, you know, he doesn't look like he's going to want to sign a contract extension, which breaks my heart. And so they're going to have to decide, you know, what, what to do with him um, or things change on that matter. But, but it, you know, this is Edson Gutierrez's time to show, hey, you don't need to buy another right back. I'm right here. I'm the replacement. Uh, so we'll see how he does over these next three, four weeks whenever um, Stefan comes back. But, um, but yeah, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to miss Stefan. Uh Really, really, really big part of our back line. And, you know, usually that right side, you can pencil in him and Cesar Montes. And, you know, it's like I don't have to worry about anything. Um, another injury, I think um, it's uh, Dorlan Pavon. Uh, still doing, I think he's dealing with muscle injuries. And there's nothing specific. But like, like we talked about, on the wing position, really not a big drop off. Uh, from him, you know, you can Maximesa can play the wing. Uh, Aviles can give you some time on the wing. Um, do you think, or what do you what do you make of um, Stefan? Uh, not Stefan. Um, Dorlan Pavon missing some some time uh, due to injury. Mm, yeah, I think we're, I'm not too worried on that end. Um, like you, like you, like you said, and we were saying, there's a lot of different players that can fill in those roles. We obviously know Dorlan can actually change a game in any given second, but it just depends on what Dorlan you get that day, I guess. Yeah, no, it's true. Like it, it depends. <laughs> like we've seen it time and time again. Um, you'll have the Centro Flocos uh, Dorlan Pavon, yeah. who gives you ten plus crosses that really aren't going to do anything, and then there's one where he has a chip on his shoulder and he'll score a golazo from. <laughs> from outside the box and it's just like where is why can't we get this guy you know this this Dorlan consistently exactly that exactly that so it's 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 obviously a big loss because 
because you miss that potential game-changing moment and few game-changing moments sometimes. So it's obviously that. But it's a good it's a good time, I guess, to try a little bit of different things until obviously playoffs. You don't want to be trying stuff. But I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of in a good position right now with Reals. I'm like in a good feeling with the squad and with the team. I think they absolutely know what the, the, the horrible year they've had. And I think they are working hard and trying to, to, to actually do something. So I'm uh, kind of like hopeful. So whoever's in there, I think is doing it, is going to do a good job. Yeah. And then you have, uh, the, we talked about it a little bit uh, at the start of the podcast, you have Akiloba and Vincent Janssen appears to be they're going to go still with the two strikers, and it's going to be Jansen and, instead of Lova. Um, and you know what? I, I forgot to bring this up on the, in the, like, and, and I forgot to bookmark it, but um, Mohamed said during his time here with, um, or his second stint, that Jansen has suffered five to six injuries. So it looks like he's healthy, and he's going to get another opportunity to go in there and, and try to produce something to, to try to get his is like a status as the second striker uh, for the squad. Um, a, what did you make of Mohamed's comment, you know, over, over Jansen's injury? And B, what do you expect from him now that it seems like he's overcome, you know, the muscle injuries that, that, that or the muscle injury that, that was bugging him uh, for the last couple of weeks? Well, I do completely agree with that. Jansen has really lost that second striker, even though it's against second level. Just Jansen has been injured, and we talked a little bit about it in the last podcast. We said he's always been injury prone, and he's kind of confirming it with Rayals right now. Um, he can, he just can't stay healthy for a, a long period of time. But as, and that's not even just a Jansen thing; that's a whole Rayals thing. But that's a whole other topic that we will talk about. But I mean, for Jansen, it's an awesome opportunity to to actually say, "Hey, I'm here." I'm, I don't want to be the second striker either. I want to be the first striker. We see him uh, recently in like going out, and obviously you can do whatever you want in your private life. But uh, we we we've seen more of that. We've seen more of his private life, yeah, than anything on the pitch for him with him. So I guess I, I don't know about you, but uh, the fan in me is not as happy right now with him. Um. And we talked. We saw. We talked a little bit about it on Twitter. If Austin FC comes out with a good offer, uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, I don't mind selling him, but uh, it's a good opportunity for him to to get back for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when you're when you're not in your best form and your public life or your yeah your, no well your private life I should say um, is made public, um, you know it puts a some of the shine has kind of worn off him. And so, you know, people are more critical and saying, you know, hey, what are you doing? Why can't you stay healthy? Um, there's people who support him regardless. And, and I have no problem with either one. And I, I do agree with well, some, some, to me, you know, just try not to make too much of your private life public. Uh, keep working at what, what, you know, trying to, Come back from from you know those muscle injuries, and see if he can you know reclaim his status as the second striker behind Funes Mori. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I, if 
Boston FC or someone offers you north of $10 million, I would be tempted not to take it. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but you know, that's, that's a topic for an for a end-of-season episode. But um, I think that's it. I think those are all the injuries that, that, that Monterrey has. Charlie is going to come back already. Uh, it was confirmed, well, you know, confirmed by the media. Uh, and I think that's it. Like, Cesar Ortiz is good. Sebastian Vegas is good. They, they just, you know, needed a day off or, you know, some days off after playing for their national team. Um, everybody looks, you know, aside from the guys we mentioned, everybody I think is healthy. Uh, so let's transition over to, to, to Monterrey's next game, which is on Wednesday against Tijuana. Um, what, what are your expectations for this, for this match? Because Monterrey has an opportunity to win a treble, which is the closest thing a Mexican a Mexican club can win a treble. Because you know, if you compete in the in the Concacaf Champions League, you're not going to compete in the Copa Mekis. So you know, it's a, it's it's an opportunity to say, yeah, in a wacky you know, in a wacky 2020, we you know we want a treble because we're this we we're, we are the reigning, you know. Mexican champions, or the most recent, um, we're the most recent team, you know, club to win the Coca-Cola Champions League, and now we have an opportunity to add the domestic cup. Uh, you know, what are your expectations for for this matchup against uh, Tijuana? Yeah, that's that. I want that championship. Even I don't care what anybody says about the Copa Mekis. It's a title. It's the League Cup, and I want it every single time. But apart from that, I do want it. Because of the other thing you mentioned, you'll be reigning CONCACAF champion, reigning Liga MX champion, reigning Copa MX champion, reigning Liga MX feminine champion. It's bragging rights. I mean, Rayados is is there, is up there, and they're winning titles, and they're the defending champions in every single aspect. So I absolutely want it just because of that. Mainly because of that, <laughs> the bragging rights, not only against Tigres but against the whole league. Like, hey, yeah. don't forget about us, you know. So I'm, I'm that I'm good with that. Obviously, also uh, possible league MX title. I mean, obviously we've still got a ways to go. And then apparently, uh, uh, well, I don't know what's going to happen with the Coca Champions, but apparently for the next Club World Cup, Rayos will be going as well. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but bragging rights, bragging rights. It's always good to be winning stuff, whatever it is, whatever it is, and be in the conversation. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy and I'm excited for the final. Um, just uh, talking about, you know, what, what to expect. I'm hoping, you know, Monterrey plays way, way, way better than they did, you know, when they were in Tijuana a couple weeks back where Fabian Castillo had his way with the defense. Like Nico, Nico, you know, he abused Nico Sanchez in a couple, you know, a couple occasions. Uh, Jesus Gallardo wasn't that good. You had Sebastian Vegas trying to be at two places at once, you know, at once trying to cover for for Nico and for um, Gallardo. So I'm hoping the defense is way better, or the game plan for you know defending. Players like Castiano, I I got to double check. I think he's playing. I, I'm again. I'm gonna sit here and honest. I don't watch unless it's like a big match. Uh, I I just watch Monterrey matches from like start to finish. But um, I think Fabian. You know, if, if, if Fabian Castillo plays, and that's 
that's the guy that Monterrey fans have to worry about because, like I said, last game they were in TJ, they they were just they were torched. Like he he was his his speed was way too much for for the Rayados defense, um, and he made look he made Nico look old. Like he made him look like five years. He made him look like he was his forties already. Um, but do you think Pat that it's just that first leg because it's at home? Uh, do you think uh, Monterrey's defense or Mohamed has can can put together a better game plan to to stop Castillo or will his speed be too much? Um, because if he can get off a quality shot, you know, usually it's usually him and the goalkeeper, as we saw against um against that against Monterrey a few weeks back. Uh, there was times where he he'll shank a shot or it's just. He'll he'll dribble past Monterrey's defense like it's nothing, but he'll get off a bad shot. But then there's instances where he he dribbles past the, the Monterrey defense and puts off a quality shot. What do you what do you think? Um, do you think or or do you trust the the Mohamed and and the squad to to be able to contain Castillo? Because that's my biggest worry. Yeah, um, and that's that's that right flank where Stefan won't be. So it's it's a it's a I mean it's a complicated team to go against Palo Guedes team. You kind of not don't know what they have. They've been struggling obviously, but I feel like it's a team that can turn it up all of a sudden and then and then and maybe shut down. Hopefully we get a, a shutdown version of it. Um but I but I don't know. For some reason for some reason, we've always struggled against Tijuana, or, or at least from what I can remember. I, I remember some some big wins, like a four and zero last, or not last, or yeah, last season, last actual season. I remember that, you know. But but I feel like we've always had complicated times against them, and obviously, in a final, a lot of things can happen. Fabian Castillo is just too good sometimes, and he was too good against us in the last time we went against him. And then and then we have Jonathan Orozco, obviously going against a, a goalkeeper that, that Monterey knows perfectly. And it's also one of the type of guys that that, that gets the, their level grows when, when they want, you know, they want to, to win against Rayados. Even though he loves Rayados and everything, he still wants to beat them to show, kind of show, hey, you know, you needed me. So... It's gonna be a fun match, I think. I don't think it's gonna be that like a big win for any any of the teams. It's gonna be a, a a tough one and a very close one. Yeah. So that that's I think what to look for when you know the match happens on Wednesday. Keep an eye on Fabian Castillo because, like I said, we we saw what he did against Monterrey the last time uh, they faced off a few weeks back. So we'll see if um if Mohamed and the squad have a better game plan to stop him or at least contain him. Uh, last two topics, Pat. Um, Ex-Royado, Lionel Vagnoni, he, he goes back to South America, signs with Libertad of Paraguay. Um, just your quick thoughts on, on Vagnoni going to, to South America and Paraguay of all places, I think. Um, I remember a few months back when he did like an interview with Santiago Furcade. Uh, I think he wanted to stay in Mexico, especially at the early stages of the pandemic. You don't want to up and up your your family and, and put them at risk. Um, you know, you want to stay within the country that you're already in. 
Um, and I'm guessing the offers just weren't there or maybe they, you know, the money or the term wasn't there for him, whatever he was looking for. And eventually he settles with, with Libertad. What did you make of this, um, uh, of this uh, signing? Uh, yeah, that's a good call because I, do, I, I didn't remember that until now that you mentioned it, that he wanted to kind of stay in Mexico. And I did see him going to Mexico after a while, after he took a while to, to finally choose a team or go and sign with a team. Um, um, I guess Libertad is a good team because obviously Libertadores. I think he'll he'll be able to play. Uh, he's going to be able to play a, a few matches in Libertadores, and obviously if they if they go through in the group stage, he'll play he'll play that. So Libertadores is always going to be a big, uh, you know, a big uh, reason somebody signs for your team. And then in the Paraguayan league, obviously they're one of the bigger teams there, but they've been struggling recently. They just recently lost their coach, Ramon Diaz. And now it's kind of it's going it's I think it's going to be kind of like a new, new project, recent project. They've got a, they've got a nice little team there. They actually there's another ex Rayados there in Libertad. I'll, I'll, uh, well, while you speak, I'll, I'll look. <laughs> okay. But um, um, it's a good team to go to, especially in the later years of your career, because you'll still be competing for titles in Paraguay, and you'll play Libertadores. So I, I guess that's what sold it. Soul yeah, team. yeah. Especially like I said, if, if if you know a big club in Mexico wasn't going to give him the money, give him the term that he was looking for, obviously he had to look to South, he had to look at South America and see who who would meet his demands. And it, it seems like Libertad did. Uh, there is no no I I, I I didn't do too much diving into it. there was I couldn't find like the uh, and usually you know clubs in Latin America usually don't 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 tweet out like the the length of the contract the, the 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 monthly wages or whatever but um if you're gonna go to paraguay i'm guessing term or, or at least the dollars made sense to him and so he's there now and we wish him nothing but the best i mean he, he was here for what three three four years um yeah not yet around three i think three years i think three or four whatever um you know but he, he left his mark obviously scoring the the clinching penalty kick that that sealed the the trophy or the you know the league title for for Monterrey against America Tiesteca so and then the golazo that he, he scored against or he 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 scored in the FIFA Club World Cup um so he he he's left you know some some quality memories in, in many Monterrey you know minds um so yeah like I said not wishing nothing but the best uh, so Pat, did you, I was about to say, did you find the the extraado that sold also that Libertad? Yeah, yeah, I, I, and it wasn't even the the one I was thinking about. He's in another team, but in this one we have Ivan Pires, the right back, uh, played at Rayados um, twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen was where he, when he arrived from from Udinese in the Serie A, and he went on loan for a few, to a few places, and now. Uh, recently, last year, we sold him to Libertad. He wasn't really that big <laughs> for Rayos. And then there's also Alexander Mejia, the CDM. Uh, but that, this he arrived to Rayos in 2015, and and, and Rayos sold them to Leon after a few loan spells in 2016. Again, not nothing nothing big for Rayos, but two ex Rayos. And then not only that, but there's also, I mean, it's, he's not an ex Rayos, but Antonio Barreiro, the brother of. Adam Barreiro. Yeah. So, yeah, there's um, Monterrey connections there. 
<laughs> so, um, last thing, obviously, this season I haven't been able to watch any of those games, but today, as we're recording this on a Monday night, they defeated America um, 2-1 to one, um, with two penalty kicks from Desiree Montsevay and Rebecca Bernal uh, after losing last week to Chivas. I think it was last week. Um, they lost to Chivas. Uh, so they, they, they're, they bounced back, got the win, three points on the road. Um, I think um, the manager, his first name is, uh, heck, I think it's, Ah, Becerra. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Hector Becerra. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not too confident. Like, oh, is that his first name? Okay. Yeah. Um, I know his last name. Um, but yeah, he commented that that they're trying to get back to the, the top of the table. Um, so it's a good bounce back win. So um, you know, congratulations to Rayadas. Um, getting back on the win column, Pat. Uh, hit the hour mark. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Anything else you wanted to add before we go? Because I got one more thing that I want to say, um, and then we'll we'll sign off. Uh, no, I don't think there's anything else from my part. Um, go 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 with what you want to say. <laughs> um, I'm hoping to put together a, like a profile episode um, on Stefan Medina when it comes to, like his relations, or I guess you can say relationship with Colombia. And the Colombian national team, obviously, over the last FIFA break, I was pretty much cyberbullying Colombians and uh, Jess, who who we all know, especially like you're in Rael's Twitter, you know who she is. She's also, you know, picking fights with Colombians over Stefan Medina. Um, there's Colombians that will support him regardless. Usually, those are Atlético Nacional supporters. Uh, but you know, against Chile, and, and I don't want to get too much into it because I'm hoping to. Um, put start putting together the, the, this this you know project episode. You know I'm hoping to have it out by next month when Colombia faces Uruguay, which was one of the teams that you know mm, kind of yep. started this yep. uh, trend of you know cyber, you know bullying that that Medina has endured by Colombians and uh, and and everywhere else. So I, I kind of wanted to put something together. Uh, I'm I'm trying to reach out to people who. who who know who who know you know who know his time during with Nacional and can can kind of explain it from a Colombian perspective uh, and and talk about you know just the whole story just it, I, I thought it would be a good episode just just it's lone self no, we're not going to talk about anything else just just that topic so I'm hoping to you know over the next couple of days I've I've already reached out to people to see who's a good. Um, you know, either blogger, reporter, whatever, whoever runs a good Twitter account, um, to talk to, you know, who, who who saw, you know, Medina come up as a young player with Nacional, uh, and then to this point, as, you know, he's, you know, he was a quality player for the Colombian national team, regardless of what some people think. So I'm hoping to have that out, or, you know, I'm hoping to start, you know, get the ball rolling on that. I know Rompas has told us that. I don't want to say it, but Rompas says, is working on something for us, you know, he, he's, you know, giving us information, but we're trying, I'm not going to give out the player name, but we're trying to, to, you know, get a player from Rayadas, which would be great. Nothing can be confirmed yet. We're, we're still talking or he's still talking, uh, but we're, we're, we're hoping that he can, you know, work with the club and, 
and they can say yes, give us a date and, and time, and that's all I can say. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, you know, say anything more than that because I don't want him to get upset or the club upset. But that's that's all I can say on that part. So you know, after a couple of weeks off, um, you know, we have some some projects, you know, in the works. So we're hoping everything lines up and everything works out. Um, so that's that's all that. So um, Pat, where can people find you? I know you did some MLS broadcasting this weekend. Uh, where can people find that? Uh, yeah, we've been doing uh, two games a week, pretty much every week. Well, every week we do a game at least, but mainly two games. Uh, we're broadcasting that for the radio in Mexico. I think the easiest way nowadays, <laughs> obviously not uh, listening to the radio per se, but there's an app called Radio Centro. There's a link. I always tweet it out when, there's, when I'm about to call a game. And I did my first play-by-play. Uh, -play. I, I normally do color commentary, but I finally did a play-by-play, -play and it was a great experience. It was the first time I ever did it without even practicing. And I think it went fine. Uh, I, I don't want to judge myself, but I felt fine at least. Um, so that was cool. That was pretty cool. And um, we keep working on that, and that YouTube channel and everything, but you know, anything MLS-related that, that the people want to come and, and, and know about you know where to find me at tsunami peaks yeah yeah no if you want to get it and i know you tweeted out you know like um spanish twitter comes to cover mls so pat you're going yeah. heavy you're going heavy mls you're going heavy um i don't want to say saudi arabian league but you're going heavy you know middle eastern uh soccer clubs you know if, oh if <laughs> Go I'm ahead. Heavy, and I'm going very heavy because now um, you, I don't remember if you I, I got my like little Xbox and Twitch and FIFA 21 stream or not stream but the I'm, I'm going I'm gonna I'm starting to go live on Twitch for different games and now I decided to do like a career mode on Twitch and I put out the leagues that that I was thinking of doing a career mode with Saudi Arabia League One, and now have a poll open. Obviously, when people listen to this, it's it's not going to be open, but uh, people are choosing the club where I'm going to do the career mode. So I'm about to do a whole career mode live on Twitch. Um, it's Tsunami Picks as well, about with a Saudi Arabian club. So I'm going all in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you want MLS Saudi Arabian club, check out you know, check out Pat's Twitter account. Um, you know, like he always tweets out the links to all the stuff that he does. I always see it. You know, you're tweeting out your Twitch link, uh, and then you know when you're about to go live on a broadcast of an MLS game. So you know, follow follow Pat there. Uh, follow the Rayados90 Twitter account. We are about 150 or less than 150 um, before we which before we reach 4,000 followers. So help us get to that. Um, if you listen to on Apple, make sure to leave five stars, leave a good review, uh, follow us on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Um, and yeah, again, shout out to Rodolfo Landeros for giving us, uh, a surprising shout out, you know, in English, uh, on Fox sports too. It's, it's still, you know, I think I'll, I'll save the, like the, the, uh, I guess emotional, for lack of a better word, uh, when we hit four thousand followers. But still, again, it's still crazy when I when when you know we started this, 
I was never expecting to get like a shout out on national TV um, in English. So um, again, appreciate what um, Landeros did there. Uh, but yeah, for for Pat, I'm Eddie. Uh, thanks for listening.